Greetings, Webcology listeners. The ecosystem of the web marketing world is always changing. Technology, and more importantly, radio is evolving. Introducing the next evolution of radio technology for web marketers, the webmasterradio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Listen live, download new shows daily, and stay connected through our social media network. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play now. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest, darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO. It is the 23rd of January 2014 and we're going to be talking privacy right here live on Network Radio. We're going to be talking all about privacy. That's going to be coming up in uh, about 20 minutes after, uh, after we go to our first break. We have uh, Michelle Stone from... I should have... Sam One. Thank you. I told you I should have wrote that down. Uh, from M1, a financial services company who actually who takes privacy very, very seriously. And, um, you know, Dave and I were talking uh, earlier uh, before the show, and Dave, you mentioned it's been about a year since we talked about what happens to your information once it gets into the, uh, the interwebs, the, the, the system. Wow. I've never called the Internet the system before. <laughs> I think that's why I got into the Internet, because it wasn't the system. <laughs> um, <laughs> full circle. Anyway, we're going to have to talk about what happens to your information once it gets into the system. But before we get there, it's been a uh, it's been an, uh, an interesting week in tech, especially in search. It, it really has been. I, I got to say, though, based on that, it, it was interesting to watch that realization on on your part halfway through that sentence and going, "Oh, I've I've come from being the renegade to I've become the man." <laughs> and uh, one of my employees is bound to bug me about that later. I know. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's okay. Our, our parents' generation had to deal with that too, going from being hippies to going, oh, now I own stuff. <laughs> and I'm worried about my 401k. <laughs> yeah, at least, at least we're doing it gracefully, eh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what, what do we want to go to? I mean, there's so much to talk about this week. Um, let's, let's start with our Google stuff, okay? All right. Um, and the the great Barry Schwartz. This, this kills me. 3.15 p.m. Eastern Time yesterday, January 22nd, Barry Schwartz publishes an article to Search Engine Land. It's actually a really important article for SEO. But at that time, he was on a plane to Israel. <laughs> I know for a fact he was on a plane to Israel. At the, how does he do it? Oh, he's amazing. Amazing <laughs> he is. <laughs> well, you got to give it to him. The man does not just kill time well. <laughs> no, like, in regards to why aren't you just watching a movie or something like that but good for him hey get stuff done yeah um incidentally uh, smx israel is happening in tel I, I think jerusalem or tel aviv i'm pretty sure it's i'm pretty sure it's jerusalem actually on sunday it's the sold out show so congratulations barry um i've heard a lot about smx israel and i haven't been able to attend yet this year uh my my business partner alan's attending um, I'd love to go to this show. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be one of the higher of the high level shows. 
Yeah, and a great chance to go to go to Israel. Like, yeah, <laughs> where it's warm. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's that's my thought. <laughs> it's negative eighteen outside, dude. I'm not kidding you. It's negative eighteen, just like five feet away from me. Ah, it's like plus ten here. So you know, <laughs> uh, for, for our American listeners, I put it in the low forties. <laughs> For our American listeners, it really doesn't matter. It's damn cold. <laughs> okay. What would you... Did, did, I don't know if you knew this. I wasn't sure on this. This is absolute confirmation for it. According to Matt Cutts, according to Barry Schwartz, according to Matt Cutts, Google does not use Twitter or Facebook social signals to rank pages. It, in fact treats any page or any you know like when you when you put a tweet out it actually creates a, a, an html web page of its own mm-hmm. on the Twitter. those are all treated like regular pages like any old page like any old website standard but now here's matt saying this isn't help we're not using that <laughs> okay what does uh, he mean <laughs> Um, you know what? I, I can't blame them. I mean, you know, or, or, or blame Google. It, it's something that I have suspected um, purely based on the, you know, as with any strategy, you know, you, you and I have both been doing this long enough. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have too. If a system would be easy to game, uh, you know, how, how much value can it hold? And you and I can both think of, I mean, it would take <laughs> me 10 seconds. Well, there, there's that, but I mean, how long would it take you to go, oh, okay, if, if Twitter, for example, um, was going to be a signal, um, you know, how long would it take me to generate, you know, a thousand profiles and have a whole bunch of, you know, quote unquote, links being built quickly, like, I don't know, like how long did it rapidly? Take it? Uh, you know, it would probably take, and A, haven't done it, but... <laughs> Uh, because I would have viewed it as a waste of time, I, I probably take. You know, but it would probably take not long. I mean, I, I'm not a, a sort of black hat, you know, sitting with scripts. But even if I was doing stuff manually in the creation stage and then just auto generating the tweets coming out, you know, you're you're probably looking at maybe ten minutes per Twitter account. And I and I'm this isn't my expertise. <laughs> is this this level of spam? So we're we're dealing with a very very small small window um, of of time. So would you you know and and you you and I both know you know we meet them at conferences. You know you, you meet some black hats who could build scripts to do this stuff. You know how long would it take? Probably you know a couple of days to build the scripts, and and now you've got you know a hundred thousand Twitter accounts all blasting out signals. You know quote unquote. So. You know, it, it shouldn't hold value. Now, that's not to say, and, and I think we, we're all in agreement here, that's not to say Twitter doesn't have value from an SEO standpoint, and it's not to say that Facebook doesn't have value from an SEO standpoint. It's just that the signals themselves don't hold value. Um, and by that, I mean, can you use these as networking tools or great ways to get your content out in front of bloggers or, you know, using it as a medium to let people know about the other things that you have that they could be linking to, great source um, to do those things in a lot of cases. But and, as a direct signal, no. And I, I do want to take a, a step sideways on on what you said, if, 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 if I may. Um, if you want to use Twitter or Facebook 
as a means of hammering Google with repeated signals from, uh, you know, 80,000 fake accounts, it's not going to work so well. No. But if you use Twitter and Facebook like a normal user would, or like, a, you know, like an advanced user or a power user, you set up your, your business profiles, you um, have a distinct personal and a distinct um, business um, entity existing in uh, or, pro- or profile existing in both places, and you use them normally, then you're going to get um, a minor, but a normal boost as any other page linking to your pages would give you. You're not going. You're not going to be able to use it as the spam and hammer machine, right? But you have to take Matt Cuts at his word. If they do treat a Facebook page or a Twitter tweet like any other web page, then you will get the approximate value of that page. Now that which page in that case would would be fairly low. Yeah, it might be <laughs> worth very much. But to say it has no value. I, I wouldn't go there. But yeah, it's um. It's more of a means of informing people and getting them talking about what you're talking about. And then I, th- you know, I think social networks can be extremely powerful um, from both a, a word-of-mouth promotion and from an SEO perspective. Indeed, and something I mean, we all need to consider, and, and we all we all pay attention. Yet again, you know, this is probably more for for the veterans in the audience that have heard this stuff enough. You, you and I both know whenever Matt opens his mouth, and and he's often honest uh well he's he's pretty much always he's always honest in what he says but (laughs) you know to the best of his knowledge and then just doesn't say what he can't say or or doesn't want you to know um and so nine times out of ten you know watching the videos reading his blog whatnot uh, the big gem of what you can grab from what Matt's saying is watching what he didn't say. What didn't he include in this? I find it interesting. There's no mention of Google Plus here. We're talking about social networks. We're saying we don't use Twitter or Facebook. He didn't... There's there's no mention of Google Plus in that statement. So can one extrapolate from that that Google Plus then does and his absence of including it um, in, in the statement uh, it is a signal that we just might not catch up on if you know that Matt just doesn't say what he doesn't want you to know. <laughs> you know what? I might go there, except you know, Red Face Jim. I spent much of 2013 convincing at least a half dozen large clients that they have got to get their Google Plus profiles together. And you know, more importantly, they got to get, let us do it for them. Right. Um, <laughs> and um, you know that was a that was a very I appreciate that Google thanks um, make work project excellent I really appreciate that but now I got to report successes <laughs> from that effort and um, I can't I mean I can say that they've been successfully gotten together and that they're networking and doing a whole bunch of this that and whatnot and that information up on their pages and going up all the time and. I can even report that our clients are starting to buy in and use it themselves. But I can't show a tangible gain. 
Well, well, one thing, one thing I did find um, from Google. Well, you know what? I, I'm not. I was like, I did find. No, I didn't. I read a study, and it <laughs> it, it is accurate. Um, but Moz had done. I almost called them SEO Moz. Um, Moz had done a study, and and an actual real for real one, um, just on speed of um, crawling, and did yes. find that while it may not count as a link to your site per se you know, in a, hey, we're going to pass value, um, they did find, and this is, heck, it's this a bot is driver. I'll give it that. Yeah, it's a bot driver. It, it'll be a bot driver and, and get it through. So I think it is helpful in a lot of cases, especially if you've got, like if you're working for, you know, larger companies that have a good, print, like basically, you know, the, we've all worked on them. The ones where it's like, all I need to do is throw up a page and it's going to rank because I'm working in an environment that is that strong. Okay, um, so it's a good way to help Google with discovery. Well, exactly, and if you've got a strong enough site, that's going to drive some serious traffic to you, especially if you've got a, a, a time-based, um, you know, time-based content coming out where it's ranking three days from now is going to be irrelevant. I'm talking about something that's happening today. You know, we're talking, and we'll, we'll get into this later. We're talking about Snowden or something. Well, okay, you know, you want that out now, so you need it crawled now while the while the search queries are going to be high. Okay, very good. Now, if you are using Google Plus or Facebook or, or Twitter and you have somebody popping into your blog to, uh, you know, guest blog for you, is mm -hmm. it still a good idea to promote it? <laughs> okay, that was a crappy segue. I apologize. We're talking about Matt Cuts. We're talking about Matt Cuts videos, and I don't want to get into dinosaur hands yet, but I will. Dinosaur's <laughs> hands he makes in every video. They're so cool. Um, guest blogging is dead, dead, dead. Dead, 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 dead. I think I'm quoting directly. Says Matt Cutts. Mm-hmm. No, sorry. Dead, 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 dead. That's that's the quote. Um. What? Like, how does he? Like, really? How bad was the guest blogging phenomena? So bad that Google wants to like you know smash it down. Yep. Um. I'm confused. Here's, here's the idea. It's funny. It, it came up, and I've actually had some chats with uh, your friend of mine, Terry Van Horn, mm -hmm. uh, about this exact thing. I mean, it was just a you know, quick on Google+, Plus. Uh, coincidentally. <laughs> uh, we, you know, so, there. He posted, you know, some, somebody's got to be there. I'm not just, you know, dumping in content to get it crawled faster. Um, and I had actually um, responded, it comes up, and, you know, I have a lot of clients, you know, the, the ones, you know, where you're consulting, and you're gearing them, and you're showing them the resources to follow, who, of course, read Matt Cutt's blog, and the morning he puts that up, I'm getting these emails going, oh, no. <laughs> you know, what's what's going on? Um, you know, we can't, you know, should we be doing this? Should we not be? Um, and, and I'd actually responded back, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure you too, so here's here's my take on it, was was basically Cole's notes in uh, in my response to them, which is, uh, and with most link building, and, I, you know, I, we do a lot of link building, but um, the question becomes, mine anyway, would I want the link if the search engines didn't exist? Um, and, and, and my feeling is if I would want that link, whether the search engine existed or not, I don't care if it's on a guest blog, it's going to be valued. Um, you know, is all guest blogging horrible? 
Well, I would hope not. I would hope that Google, and, and, and I know they don't, wouldn't look at every link that's in our blog or every link that's on Search Engine Watch, right? I mean, you know, a, a, a content aggregation system, but a very, very good one, you know, or Search Engine Land or whatnot. Are they just going, oh, none of this counts? No, of, of course they're not. But, 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 Search Engine Watch and Search Engine Land have, like, you know, regular writers and guest writers every once in a while. Yeah. And, and this is where I get confused. What's the matter if I do that on my blog? Well, see, I don't think it is. Um, and, and to me, I th it's one of those cases where I understand what Matt was saying, um, and I understand the context of guest blogging that he's referring to. I'm sure you are, too. I have this crappy, crappy... I, I was about to use a word I shouldn't use. <laughs> I have this crappy piece of content um, and I'm going to spin it and put it out on a hundred different blogs on this hundred, you know, massive blog okay, network or through article syndication systems. Uh, is that those... not already covered though with dupe content? I mean, you're putting out you're putting out the same article in a thousand different places that aren't like you know newspapers, and you're you're not AP. That's already covered though, isn't it? I, I think it is, and and I mean the thing is, I don't think this what he was saying is brand new news. Um, you know, and, and you've seen it, I've seen it. I mean, heck, go to, go to YouTube, put in Matt Cutts duplicate content, right? and you're going to get a whack of videos. He often ends up repeating himself with just, like, tweaks on a, on a question or whatnot. Um, I, I know, because I was just writing an article on duplicate content and was looking for videos to, like, go, oh, okay, I know I heard Matt say this. Where is it? Okay, let me put that in there. Um, you know, he ends up tweaking a lot, and I think this is just another example of a tweak. And they've come in. He actually had a video... Um, not, uh, well, in the last couple months anyway, I can't remember the exact date, you know, you, you, a lot of this stuff comes across, um, but where he was talking about guest blog networks specifically and, and their detriment. Now, he had called it, and I think we even chuckled about it on the radio, like the rise in guest blogging networks. You know, no, it's not a rise in guest blogging networks. You just, I don't know how, but you just figured out that they're there. <laughs> I don't know how this just came on Google's radar after years of abuse, but all right, I'll, I'll give you this one. Um, and I, that's clearly the type he's talking about, not, you know, you're in, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm an SEO and you've got a great SEO blog and you've contacted me going, hey, we, you know, like this thing you said, would you mind doing a, a guest piece for us over here? Uh, you know, heck, I just had one of those offers in LinkedIn. Is that a, a bad idea? No, it's, it, it's not. That's no, good. reaching out going, this is good content. You know, we, and, we would like you to write for us. Should Google value that? Yes. Do they? So, sure. They and, do. So this is what I think he's really getting at. They've already got this, you know, guest blogging thing covered six ways to Sunday from, um, you know, panda-ish pieces of the algorithm um, for, you know, looking for really poor, low-quality content or one of the old things, dupe content. So what he's really talking about is SEO behavior modification. Google doesn't yeah. give a damn about guest blogging. Google could care less about guest blogging. Google just doesn't want you publishing crappy content in a hundred different places. So they'll tell you in just in a different way, and they'll call it guest blogging because, I mean, that's a convenient term that everybody understands, even if he isn't using the term properly. That's well, exactly. And, and, and the interesting thing that, that concludes is, even if everybody in the world 
um, looked at that statement, you know, me, I mean, I may disagree with the exact context of it or, or interpretation, you know, the common interpretations, but even if we all did, we would look at that and go, okay, guest blogging is, is dead. It passes no SEO value. What that's going to result in is me only selecting guest blog opportunities that I feel are going to provide traffic or, or authority for my site. Uh, so even at worst, he's now limited in to, or he's limited us in to the ones we should be going for in the first place, which are the ones that are going to provide value in the context of traffic and, and reputation management. There we go, SEO behavior modification. <laughs> <laughs> we guys, can be taught. Oh, they're geniuses, I'm telling you. Wow. Okay, we got time for one more thing really fast, and then we got to get to a break. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Don't want to touch Bitcoin. You know what's happening? We're going to be talking with uh, Michelle Stone from M1 in a few minutes on uh, privacy and what happens in, uh, when, when your information gets, quote-unquote, into the system. We couldn't have planned this. Well, actually, we, we probably did plan this. Um, <laughs> International, International Privacy Day is the 28th, uh, next Tuesday. And today, at 3 p.m., if you go over to TheVerge.com, at 3 p.m., Eric Snowden is going to be talking live, doing a, uh, what has built to be what looks like a video AMA, Ask Me Anything. So after WebCology, you know, don't turn off WebCology to go listen to Eric Snowden because you'll be doing it too early, which would be useless. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, we got to take a break. We got to get set up for uh, Michelle Stone from M1, who's going to be coming to talk to us about privacy. So on behalf of Dave Davies, this is from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned. Coming back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 12th Annual Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2014. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry today into the Web Marketing Association's 12th Annual IAC Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. And a bitch. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. And that's the ball game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention, like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short branded attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand, just like Sony, Visa, and Nike for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. 
Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Want to learn what it takes to drive truckloads of targeted traffic, convert the highest percentage of leads, and make the most money? Traffic, leads, money. On demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 23rd of January, 2014. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And Dave and I are joined by the marketing and web coordinator from AM1, Michelle Stone. Michelle. Yes, welcome hello. To, welcome to Webcology. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much for joining us. We're here talking about privacy today. Now, M1 is a fairly significant um, financial services corporation. You take a lot of private information from, you know, from your from your clients. And uh, well, I, I, I guess the easiest way to jump in is Michelle. What is what does internet privacy mean to you? Well, just to start off, personally, as a user of the internet, a long-time user of the internet, uh, it's always been of great importance. Uh, but you know, that's just my personal perspective because I'm kind of a technology person, and um, I've spoken to Dave in the past about uh, basically being a geek. So I've got that, <laughs> I've got that intimate familiarity with technology and what it means with regard to the information that you share uh, on a device across the internet, you know, wherever the the medium might be. When it comes to M1 as a company. Uh, we take it just as seriously as an individual might. Uh, as you mentioned, not only do we take in information from the people that contact us, you know, looking for assistance and trying to find the right financial solution for them, uh, we also safeguard our employee information. So we kind of have dual guardianship over both what our clients share with us and what the employees share with the company. And part of our service is to offer um, credit monitoring, which is an important indicator of the health of your identity, and also identity theft protection. In addition to that, we work with a variety of agencies, including the National Cybersecurity Alliance, uh, of which we are champion of their Data Privacy Day, which is coming up next week on January 28th. We also do work with the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, for example, the National Consumer Protection Week, that's something that we're an advocate of, and we try to get out and share as much information as possible with consumers and small businesses, and also with the Internal Revenue Service. Uh, one of the growing venues for identity theft is actually in relation to tax identity theft. Oh, my goodness. So, oh, my Really? <laughs> Yes, <laughs> like, yes. As if, as if tax time wasn't bad enough. <laughs> exactly. Now now someone can actually not just steal your identity. And, you know, we always think of it in terms of, uh, you know, they go online, they do, they 
do a shopping spree. They may even, you know, go into a brick and mortar retailer and buy something over the counter. And the next thing you know, you're paying for someone's flat screen television. No, identity thieves will even go so far as to use your name, your social security number, your financial identification number. It also happens to small businesses. So it's not just the individual that's at risk, but they'll take this information and they'll try to file a false claim with the IRS to get your tax refund money. Oh, well, okay. Michelle, you've just, you just, ter- you've given us a, a dozen different directions to ask questions on, <laughs> and you've just terrified the heck out of me. Dave, <laughs> Dave you got to jump in here. I, I, I am going to jump in. I guess it's, 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 it's as good a time as any before I, before I get into my first question to note full, full disclosure for our, for our listeners. Uh, Michelle, you and I do, do business together, yes, um, do. which is just a, a, a noted, uh, you know, disclosure. Good. Uh, yeah. Get it in. We we've got to make sure we're not being overly private on on stuff like that. Um, but I, I know this is an issue that is that is passionate to you guys, and and you're right, Jim. I mean, you've you've taken me actually in directions I'd never thought of that are that are a little nerve wracking. Um, so I, I'm just going to go a, a little bit a little bit general here, um, but then we can we can start to to hone in on on some specifics because I I'm I'm really interested to hear how you would how you'd protect things like tax because um, that's that's a one I'd never. <laughs> quite honestly thought of until uh, about uh, two minutes ago <laughs> in this conversation. Um, now, I mean, data privacy day, I mean, you know, we're, you know, Jim and I, we, we've talked about privacy on the air. Um, you know, I, I consider myself and, and probably a lot of our listeners fairly, you know, quote unquote, uh, adept, or at least I thought so until what's now probably three minutes ago in this conversation <laughs> um, at, at, at data privacy. What do you, what is the purpose? I mean, you, you can, what is the purpose of data privacy? Shouldn't we always um, understand how to how to make ourselves private? How to how to protect our data? Um, is this what is this day about? I, I guess I'll ask. And what is it that we need to take from this? This day, we we should all be we should all understand our what privacy is on a day to day basis. Um, what is this day about? What are we what are we supposed to be learning from this day? Well, uh, as with most causes, um, most charitable campaigns, I mean, this is not-for-profit. So all of the participants in Data Privacy Day are doing this to get information out. Uh, yes, there's a little, you know, and again, just kind of uh, fair notice to everyone. Yes, you, you do this because you do want to draw attention to your firm, you know, to your organization to say, we do take your privacy seriously, but... The onus here is to share as much information as possible. And to that end, Data Privacy Day was started with that intention. And it, it actually originated in Europe. And, you know, as all things, once it, you know, got trialed out and was proven to be successful, America said, hey, let's step in and take it. It is a day that is um, recognized by U.S. Congress. And the point of the day is just to isolate this one point in time where you can focus all of the attention on how important it is, not just for individuals to protect their personal information, but also for organizations, whether it's private business, if it's a publicly held company, if it's a not-for-profit, if it's a, a university, a college, to protect the information that they have in their hands that comes from a client or a student, a vendor, their own employees, uh, because there are ways, unfortunately, 
in many ways that an identity thief can get access to information. And it can be as easy as someone calling a business or, or calling your home and pretending to be from some sort of authority and basically talking you into giving away your information to, you know, you get an email, you think it looks legitimate, it looks like it comes from the right place, it's got the right sounding address, it's got the right, you know, icons and images in it, you know, it's written very well, you click on a link, you enter in, you know, some information, and the next thing you know, your identity is You know, Michelle, I think, I think pretty much any webmaster can relate to that. Oh, yes, we, absolutely. We all have clients who, you know, they have their, their, their websites are up on some third-party host server, and often they've either changed or forgotten to share the you know, username and password with us. So what do we do? We call up the host and we talk them into giving the information to us. <laughs> and I, I swear to you, I'm batting 9 out of 10. I'm batting 9 for 10 and getting hosts to give me information. That I, I know how to speak their language. It's, it's actually, it's quite easy. They shouldn't do it, but it's quite easy. So, I mean, that's, a, that's a, just a common, you know, being polite, wanting to talk, want, not wanting to say no to somebody. How does the consumer protect themselves against that when it's a third party speaking, quote unquote, on their behalf? Well, you have to take the responsibility of monitoring basically all, all the indicators to there being a problem with your identity. Uh, so if you're talking about finances, you have to be aware of your credit score, you have to be aware of what's on your credit report. But but but, but indeed, this is after they've hit you. Like you know, your, your credit score changes after they've hit you. It, this is true. Uh, but again, you you do need to have that awareness in place because if you've never if you never check it, you'll never know until it is absolutely too late and you've got someone else's debt hanging over you. Um, but preventative measures, it's really down to a lot of it's common sense uh if you have a receipt from you know whatever the expense is you go out to lunch um you've got the receipt don't just throw it away you may think that you're you're you know perfectly safe because oh it's only the last four digits of my credit card number no one's going to be able to do anything with that wrong it's your first and last name the last four digits of the credit card number i could presumably call someone um, you know, do a little digging online. We we all know that our good friend Google retains a great <laughs> deal of information. Uh, yes, I as, noticed they're not sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Microsoft is. Google is. I wasn't, I wasn't going there. <laughs> but you know, you can easily do a web search. You can find a great deal of information about someone if you go to their Facebook page or their LinkedIn profile. You can find out where they work. Finding out where they work, you can maybe find out you know, who's a potential vendor that they do business with. You can call and pretend to be that person or pretend to be an administrative assistant representing that person. And you say, you know what, I really have to get this purchase through. Um, my boss is you know, just going to come down like a ton of bricks on me if I don't. Here's his name. Here's the last four digits of his credit card number. You know, and if that information is already on file – the vendor may just use that for verification purposes and then put the purchase through. Bing, bing, boom. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, pe- people who are, you know, thieves who are up to no good, have nefarious, you know, intent, they will prey on the goodwill of others. And that's just an unfortunate thing. 
Now, I, I guess I, I was one of the one of the I guess uh, fortunate uh, areas in, in in my upbringing. Uh, I was raised by a, a political advisor. Worked for work for politicians. So of course you, wow. you watch. Uh, so yeah, I, I can be a pro and a con, of course, uh, <laughs> <laughs> depending on on the day. But um, basically, you know, in, in in watching these things happen, and, and I was taught at that age because i was thinking about going into politics too don't write anything this is the age of writing stuff down don't write anything down you don't want the world to know that just there if you just stick to that rule you know nine ninety percent of all all the political issues are are, are going to be sorted just don't write it down <laughs> and then right, nobody right. has a record uh you know at least and it's hearsay and, and that sort of thing um you know heck the we got we'll be chatting about snowden a little later and if stuff wasn't <laughs> written down there wouldn't be the same you know girth of problems so i mean i i sort of went in with that mentality and and maybe a, you know a lot of people from our generation did um you know went into that mentality even even onto the net is that really where we're at where just don't put anything into an electronic format don't put anything into any sort of format that could be transmitted that you're not a hundred percent secure on beware of 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 anybody asking anything at all times and assume that whatever is about to happen is going to put it it may not even be that person who's necessarily evil but the second you give something away it, it could end up in the wrong hands i mean it, do we have to be that paranoid uh, I wouldn't call it paranoid, maybe, you know, to frame it a little bit better since I am a marketer, um, being proactively protective in an extraordinary <laughs> means. Uh, and it, what you're speaking to has actually come up. Um, we've taken part in a great number of Twitter chats, uh, Twitter being uh, just one of the primary vehicles to getting information out there. Uh, we take part not only with the National Cybersecurity Alliance, but also with the Identity Theft Resource Center, which is a nonprofit that is solely dedicated to helping those who are victims of ID theft. And in our chats, basically what you're suggesting has come up as being, you know, if you don't want it out there. And, you know, it, it almost doesn't matter, you know, what happens with regard to, um, it's still, that information is still there. And mm -hmm. as we've seen, you know, very, very recently with Target and Neiman Marcus and three additional retailers. Uh, it doesn't matter if the information is secure. All it takes is a very clever teenager to develop a piece of malware that will bypass those systems and get a hold of whatever it is you're trying to protect. Ostensibly, what you're trying to protect is information that can lead to having your privacy and your identity exposed. Okay, Michelle, I think in the, you know, privacy and identity theft uh, uh, conversation, a lot of people hear words. They hear, you know, you should be scared, you should be worried, you should, uh, you should watch out. But it always happens to the other guy, the guy next to me. It never happens to me. <laughs> Let's talk about some numbers here. Like, seriously, how, how many people does, does identity theft affect in, in any given year? Oh, let me pull that up for you. Uh, while I'm pulling that up, I mean, I know a lot of people may sit back and think, it hasn't happened to me. Odds are that it may has at some level, you just haven't realized it. I mean, just, you know, not to beat them up, basically, but Target. <laughs> at oh, first, yes. it was 40 million consumers. Then it was 70 million consumers. 
Now it's potentially 110 million consumers. 110 million. 110 million. 110 million people. Oh, okay. Just wanted to make sure I heard that number right. You did hear it right. <laughs> um, That's a third of the population. That is. And, you know, it's only increasing. So for the year of 2013, um, Javelin Strategy and Research conducted a report. They do an annual report. But for 2013, they found that identity fraud had increased for the second straight consecutive year. There were more than 1 million consumers affected in 2013, which, of course, is going to change because of the target freeze. <laughs> um, and, and just to put it in terms of you know, a time frame, like everyone wants to know what happens every you know, you know, increment of time, there is, on average, one incident of identity theft fraud every three seconds. Okay. Um, I'm afraid of that. We're going to have to ask all of our listeners to gently look over their shoulders as we break. Michelle, can you stick around uh, while we go to commercial? It'd be my pleasure. Uh, we have to take a break here on, on Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. So, friends, you have two minutes. Listen closely to the commercials because they have important information for you. But while that's going on, make sure you're safe. On behalf of Dave Davis from Beatsock. SEO. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. It's the 23rd of January. We're going to be back on Webcology and Webmaster Radio after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Are your online conversions still lagging behind your competitors? Then it's time to master your skills in website conversion optimization. Sign up for Conversion Conference San Francisco, March 17th through the 19th. Brasco from WebmasterRadio.fm here, inviting you to the biggest ever conversion conference in San Francisco. It's the only digital marketing conference that's entirely focused on getting more web visitors through your conversion funnel. Join your colleagues and learn from leading conversion experts like Tim Ash, Brian Eisenberg, and Bart Schutz. Bring your entire team and see what difference these three days with the world's best conversion optimizers can do to your revenue and bottom line. Come to Conversion Conference, where top companies get ideas and strategies for more effective websites and online campaigns. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get a $150 discount on their pass. Simply register online at ConversionConference.com with promo code WMFM or click on the Conversion Conference logo on the WebmasterRadio.fm website. Guys, are you suffering from FD? Fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia, on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD, DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. 
Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. strings. Marketing to women expert Maria Retan will untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. Purse Strings with Maria Retan. On demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, this is an avatar posing as who's stolen Jim Hedger's identity from Digital Ways <laughs> Media. Joined by an avatar who's stolen Dave Davies' identity from Beanstalk SEO. Um... <laughs> We're joined by the real Michelle Stone, who is the marketing and web coordinator over at M1. And Michelle, thank you for sticking around. Um, this this actually is the real Jim Hedger, if you believe that. Um, <laughs> before going to break, we talked about the uh, the most recent uh, over the Christmas holidays. I guess it was uh, Neiman Marcus and Target and three other large retailers who got hit. We uh, had the terrifying figure that. One in three, or or probably more, Americans are you know they if they're not immediately victims of ID theft, they certainly should be wary. Um, is it safe to use electric money? Should we go back to the you know carrying wads of cash in our back pockets? Well, there's an interesting psychology that plays into the use of cash. So it's not only just a possible benefit with regard to uh, protecting your debit card or your credit card information, which you're still safe to use. I mean, it, it's not, you know, I, I don't want to be terribly alarmist about it. it. It's not that incredibly dire. Yes, there are um, areas of risk. However, um, there, like I said, there's an interesting psychology of using cash. So not only... You know, is there the presumption that you're going to be safer because you're not exposing your name, your credit card number, birth date, um, physical address, that type of information uh, with the swipe of a card? But most consumers, they make buyer better buying decisions and they tend to spend less when they're using cash. So there's oh. kind of a dual benefit there. Um, if you do feel uncomfortable giving out your credit card, um, which, which is completely understandable with the recent news. Uh, if you use cash, you may find yourself, you know, buying smarter and buying less. Okay, but this is, I mean, to be realistic, this is an age of internet commerce. Um, this yes. is an age of Amazon. Yes. You know, door rather than going to the shop, I have stuff come to me now. And I'm a very busy person. It's not realistic to not use my credit card online or when I, when I go out to, to the shops. So given that, and uh, also given that we have about um, seven minutes left in the show, <laughs> what are things, what, I, I got to protect myself. I'm, I, I, I can't be a shut in no matter how cold it is outside. I've, I've got to participate in the economic world, but um, I got to do it as me and not on behalf of somebody else. Right. What do I do? How do I protect myself? Well, if you're making purchases online, it, depending on the vendor, uh, very many of online retailers accept PayPal. Uh, you may look to that as being like a more secure intermediary between your money 
and a vendor that, you know, odds are they will not get compromised. But if it gives you a peace of mind to use somebody like a PayPal who prides themselves on making sure that your information, especially your financial information, is as secure as it possibly can be, then, you know, that could be an option for you. When it comes to, you know, going into an actual retailer, like you have to go grocery shopping. If, you know, you don't feel comfortable using your your debit card, you can opt to use your credit card. I mean, this could be a little uh, tricky with re- regard to, you know, increasing debt or increasing the usage of your credit card. Really, it comes down to knowing the protections that are on either the debit or the credit card that you have. Because when you have a debit card, it's you know primarily done through a bank. That bank will have certain protections that will cover losses, will cover theft. Um, in addition, most debit cards have an imprint, which is enables you to use it either as a debit or a credit card. You know whether it's Mastercard or you know uh, Visa, that also carries additional protections. Okay, so there's a there is a uh, authoritative and uh, we'll call it a, a safe zone in the middle. Yeah, your credit yeah. card company or your bank that you know offers offers you some protection. So the credit card is slightly safer than the debit card, and the debit card slash credit card is slightly safer than the debit card, which are yes. both more practical than cash. Yes, um, yes. And, and of course, you mentioned PayPal, which is um, you know also the uh, safe zone in the middle of the transaction. I received earlier. You were talking about how people steal your identity, and I was thinking about the crush of um, just stupid junk mail that comes through my mail slot every day. <laughs> yes, and you know a lot of it is a lot of it's and all of it's credit card. I'm I'm a you know business owner, and um, I earn an okay income, so I get a lot of credit card offers, like a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And each of those credit card offers, they have a lot of information on me. Yes, so. You know, we have this recycling program up here in Toronto, Canada, which allows me to throw stuff straight into the recycling bin, and it goes to, goes to wherever. But I'm giving my information. I'm putting my information between, you know, like me and the curb. <laughs> um, that, that's that's something that really frightens me. Uh, do you have any comment on that about the kind of information that comes to you via about you via junk mail? Well, depending on the type of solicitation you're receiving, um, I don't know offhand if this is also available to everyone in North America, which, you know, would include Canada. But in the States. Well, in the States, there is a website called optoutprescreen.com. And it's backed by Equifax, Experian, and Novus, and TransUnion. And and the the, the purpose of the website is to enable you to opt out of prescreen offers. So, you know, you you get the pre, you've been pre-approved by, you know, XYZ credit card. This website will help enable you to be able to, you know, opt out of it by saying, you know, listen, I, I don't need insurance from you. I don't need uh, a credit card from you. Um, it lets you opt out for five years or even permanently. So you do have some control over the type of materials you receive via the mail. Uh, also, things that you're already a customer of, say, a bank. Uh, or number of banks, depending on how many accounts you have. Sometimes they'll send you uh, basically what look like checks 
not the actual checks that you would order yourself, but uh, a check that would enable you to draw against an account. Mm-hmm. You can request to have that information, you know, no longer be mailed out to you. So, I mean, it, as a consumer, you have the right to say no. So if, if you're getting a solicitation from someone either that you already do business with or that, you know, they're just trying to get you to come into business with them, you have avenues available for you to say, no, thank you, not interested, don't bother me. Okay, now, <laughs> would you, and I, 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 I don't mean to put you in a weird position, but would you advise me to do that? Again, I got the stuff coming through my mail slot. Sometimes it's still sticking out a little bit, so somebody could just run past my house and grab it. Um, should I get on those, uh, on those opt-out lists? If, if this is information that you feel like you're never, ever going to use, I mean, odds are if you want, to, if you want a service, you're going to research it and you're going to find it or you're going to find someone that will find it for you, right? Yes. Yes. I, I would suggest signing up and saying, no, thank you. I am done. If I need you, I know where you are. I'll come find you. Okay, we're, we're about 90 seconds out. i got to get this last one in. What about stuff that's on my, resident on my computer? i got saved passwords. Um, I, got, I, got, uh, I, I have a, a memory cast that I'm positive is available to some very curious hacker if they get past my security software. Um, how much information can be extracted from a personal computer for, for, for ID theft? It, really, all they need to do and a lot of people forget to do this, if you don't clear out your history, if you use the browser to save your passwords, and you don't have a master password in place, or you don't use a browser add-on like LastPass to help you remember things, so that way you can have a very secure password, all they need to know is your username, your password, and then they can go to town, because at that point they can access your email, they can find out everyone that you correspond with, uh, they can see whatever banking alerts you may get from your bank. They can see, you know, credit card limit alerts. They can find out anything. So it doesn't even matter whether or not you do have, like, f- spreadsheets available on your local PC or, or laptop or not. If they can get something out of your browser, and it could just be you going to a phishing site, a, a scam site that's set up to look like a legitimate site, uh, you're done. Webcology, the duck and cover edition. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Michelle Stone, um, you've um, successfully scared the heck out of me. We've got about 30 seconds left. Um, Dave, any, any last words? Any last questions? You know what? I, I, I do. I'll, I'll skip the question because I know we, we wouldn't even have time to, to answer them. But um, you brought something up uh, a little earlier, um, Michelle, and I, I thought worth mentioning. Um, you know, we always close with how can people contact you. Of course, that'll be m1.com. But one thing people may skip past, um, where could they find you on Twitter? Because as uh, Privacy Day is approaching, um, that is where you're you're putting out information. Of course, you know because we do business together. I do follow you, and there's there's lots of interesting information. Although not to the point that I've been as scared as I am over over the past forty minutes. But uh, <laughs> you know, where, where would they find you on Twitter? Uh, they can find us on Twitter at M One Money. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay, thank you, thank you so much. It, I mean, it, it's been frightening, but uh, you know, and, and apparently there's there's just a, a lot more 
uh, that I should be scared about than I was until I uh, started talking to you. So thank you very much for, for that. Um, on behalf of Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, that's Jim at digitalalwaysmedia.com and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, Dave at beanstalkseo.com. Uh, this is Webcology and we'll chat with you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.